gentlemen, welcome back. It is your boy, Sam Gilstrap, and this is the Ghost Lights Podcast, and this is still 2020. It got a little better there near the end, but we're still in the shit show that is our new apocalypse. So I hope you are comfortable. Um, I hope you have some libations, and I hope you are excited as I am to listen to this podcast as I am um, recording it with two very special people. Um, both just as artists and then as people that I've come to meet and now call friends, Bob and Wendy Moore. Hi, Bob and Wendy. Hello, Sam. So good to see you and talk to you, my friend. Yes. Yes. So good to see you too. How are we doing today? You know what? Um, We're upright. The sun came up this morning and so did Wendy and I. So, you know, life is good. Very good. Very good. How's the cat? The cat is really on my stomach right now and we're doing fine. Good, good. Um, if uh, you, you see me get distracted, it's because there's a dog over here that is an hour away from dinner and he knows oh, it. it. Okay. So any activity is frustrating to him. <laughs> if it's not food, he needs to be involved. All right, so see if I remember how to do this. Bob, Wendy, theater. How did it happen? How did theater happen for us? Oh my God. Okay, uh, individually or? Uh, <laughs> Because, you know, because, yeah. you know, mine started in high school. Actually, I guess, I guess mine would have started a little bit earlier than that because when I was. So uh, just 30 years ago? Yeah. Uh, 30? You wish. Mm, no, we're, we're talking over a half a century, Sam. Wow. <laughs> Nine, my, my first show, uh, show show, was probably in, in 1964 uh, at Loveland High School in Loveland, Colorado. Um, I played uh, uh, Captain Corcoran in HMS Pinafore. Mm. But I'm going to back, you know, uh, backtrack just a little bit before that. I was in a Christmas production of our church's play when I was like, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12. Um, I think I played one of the wise men. Uh, but I you actually, wise? Well, yeah, well. Yeah, but uh-huh. actually even after that, because, you know, when I was 12, I had a white beard like I do right now. <laughs> So, yeah, I was wondering about that. <laughs> so I think that was the first theatrical foray for me. And then and then I started singing in the church choir and doing all that kind of stuff. But actual theater, theater production was 60, 64, HMS mm-hmm. Pinafore. And then I uh, did theater until I graduated high school in 67. Mm-hmm. Then I went in the Marine Corps uh, for four years. And that was nothing but straight theater. Well, yeah. And uh, I, I acted like I enjoyed it. No, nice. it's yeah. not the case. And for those wondering, yeah, for those wondering, yes, I am a Vietnam veteran, but uh, that that has not uh, influenced my acting ability whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm not even worry about you. I got out of the Marine Corps, and ironically enough, the guy who was my theater teacher in high school had started the uh, business in uh, Golden, Colorado called the Heritage Square Opera House. Probably many people out there are familiar with that from those years back. I was invited to a 1971 New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve party because oh. I just gotten out of the service. And I went and enjoyed myself. And Wendy was waiting tables at that very place that very evening. And that's where we first met. He was under a table. 
Yeah, I was. He was literally and figuratively. And <laughs> oh, I no. sat down because, oh my God, it was a screaming party. Uh, the owner was throwing full bottles of champagne from the stage. And I thought, somebody's going to die. So I think I'll sit down. So I did. And then I felt something at my feet. And I lifted up the tablecloth, and there he was. I said, What are you doing? And I said, I'm helping this lady I'm with down here look for her wedding ring. And I said to myself, and might have said out loud, what an asshole. And I put down the, the um, tablecloth, and the rest is history. Well, and then she said, I never want to see him again. And uh, the next thing that happened is I got hired to work at the theater. And I had as, to work with him. As a bartender, and she was a waitress. Oh. And, uh, so she had to work with me, and... I don't know how it happened, but evidently I charmed the socks off of her. No, you didn't. A friend okay. of mine said, <laughs> I want to sit on. She said, I want to go on a date with Bob. I think it's really cool. And I thought, hell no, I'm going to go on a date. So there you go. Nice. He so, is very cool. Very soon thereafter, uh, I was asked to be in the show. This was uh, uh, G. William Oakley's Heritage uh, Square Opera House. Mm. And I started doing good time audience participation melodrama and from there I was I did that for about three years uh in the meantime you know went back to school um got my airframe and power plants license so I could work on airplanes and slept through most classes right and that truly is encouraging but I also graduated at the top of my class yeah. I will say that okay there are only two guys but okay <laughs> and uh and then I got my airplane and power plant license, and immediately after that was offered the the opportunity to be the general manager at the Goldenrod Showboat in St. Louis. So I never used that license. I we still got married somewhere in there. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we got married. We got married in 1972. We did. Yes. That's a long time ago. Know. You know, Wendy and I, this December, are celebrating our 48th year. Can you believe yeah. that? Oh, congratulations. Pretty Thanks, cool, honey. isn't it? And we've actually done theater together most of that time, and we still talk to one another. Yeah. <laughs> usually that's usually that's a great combo for toxicity, but not you two. <laughs> no, we're great. Yeah. So I mean, history-wise, it started there, you know, Heritage Square Opera House in 1972, Goldenrod Showboat from 72 to 70, okay. or 78, 75 to 78. Time out. Let me yeah. tell my story. Yeah. Oh we're, oh, we're doing these together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you had the second half of the program because <laughs> I, I, I was just going to go ahead and drink during drink. your part. That's, yeah. I mean, we can still do that. I can definitely break this up into a Bob and then Wendy episode. Yeah. Um, let, let's do it. Yeah. It's, it's so much fun and so much more confusing for people that way. So. <laughs> anyway, I always liked plays when mm -hmm. I was in high school I was in choir and we did the worst productions of Gilbert and Sullivan oh my god they were terrible mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, we'd have like two rehearsals and the choir what grade was this huh what grade was this oh high school oh okay I love the critical eye being developed at an early age Wauwatosa Wisconsin and our choir director's name oh bless her heart Gladys Garnus, and we called her Happy Bottom. <laughs> Poor lady. Anyway, they were god awful. They were terrible. It's like, don't come to see this show, Mom and Dad. 
and my mom and dad always did. But anyway, <laughs> I went to college and I majored in speech and I wanted to be a debate coach hmm. and a speech team person. And then my first job I got, uh, they wanted me to do the debate speech and direct the plays. And I said, what, are you crazy? I'm not doing that. Um, and then I, it was the second job I got. They, um, they told me I had to direct the place. And I said, well, if you're dumb enough to give me this job, I'll take it. And at that point, I was living in Colorado. And I went back to the University of Wisconsin and took a class called How to Direct a Play, literally. <laughs> and then I thought I maybe should be in one. And G. William Oakley hired me to be in some show at the Oxford Hotel. Downtown Denver. Downtown Denver, dead bodies on the street. That was not good. Uh, but then I started, when he opened Heritage Square, I started working there and I was mm -hmm. teaching at the same time. So that's where I met Bob. Mm -hmm. With the champagne bottles flying overhead. Oh mm -hmm. my God. I have never been at a party like that. I gotta ask, what provoked such a hostile use of projectile alcohol? He was drunk. Oh, okay. Probably high at that. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Don't say that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get fired. Don't get fired. Yeah, I'm not going to get fired. From what? <laughs> <laughs> That's so, right. You already retired for that gig. Oh, I'm so retired. Yeah. What's his name? Let's throw him under the bus. <laughs> oh, he's deaf. Oh, oh. G. William Oakley. He's yeah. deaf. Oh. R.I.P. G. William. Yeah. Mm -hmm. R.I.P. Yeah. But yeah, that was the beginning of many crazy times. Mm -hmm. And hey, cat, stop it. Oh. And then we, um, uh, that takes us up to the Goldenrod Showboat that yeah. I was talking about. Yeah. Um, so I was hired as the general manager and the resident villain. And Wendy was hired as the artistic director uh, for the shows, which is always an interesting association between the two of us. Because if I did something in the show that really pissed her off, you know, she could fire me from the show or then as a general manager i could just go ahead and rehire myself and then fire her yeah. so you know it was an interesting it was an interesting uh, way to work together yeah. there were a couple long drives back home <laughs> how do those long drives happen is it just is it creative differences or something else they usually they usually focused around some uh, a comment like Bob, do you ever plan on learning your lines oh, for the I did damn say play? That. I you know, that. or um, yeah. you know, and of course I would say, well, lines don't make any difference, you know, because it's audience participation. And they're good. all here to see me. That's right. Good time, oh, melodrama. Okay. Yeah. And I read the script. The script reads me. Yeah, that's right. You know, I was a guy that uh, uh, had the really wonderful porcelain orbs, the eyes as the, the eyes. Gun. That was you know, in the newspaper. Yeah. Oh, please. Pretty, pretty devastating from 18 inches away. Look at that. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, what? He was a little tough. Damn. <laughs> well, so, that's, 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 that's pretty impressive. 18 inches away. Yeah. That's because I've I was, seen, I've seen those, 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 those pearly whites of yours. And I gotta right. say, I'm mesmerized. <laughs> oh, that's I don't know what I'm doing half the time when I'm in front of you. I mean, we could be at Cap City, <laughs> right, you know, be auditioning okay. opposite each other, and I'm just like, oh, he's so beautiful. <laughs> oh, please, Sam. It's going to be so yeah. hard to live with him. Yeah. Oh, oh, please, Sam. Oh, stop. Oh, stop. Okay. Right. Take me now, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so, 1978, 
uh, their little gig in the Goldenrod Showboat didn't work out, and we had just uh, brought into the world our oldest daughter, Mandy, and uh, both of our livelihoods were tied up in a business that really wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. So we decided to relocate to Colorado, and the person who got the first job offer, that's where we'd go, and mm -hmm. Wendy uh, applied for a job in Summit County as a teacher, uh, drama teacher, and English, yeah. and English teacher. Oh. And we got that, so we moved to Breckenridge, Colorado in 1978. And we were gonna stay for a year and then move down to the front range. And then, you know, 20 years later, yeah. you know, that's, uh, that's kind of how a lot of stuff happens. But uh, we ended up uh, getting uh, uh, associated with a, a little business called the Backstage Theater in Breckenridge, in Breckenridge. Colorado. Yeah. Uh, uh, we stayed very active in that for the 20 years we were there. And of course, Wendy was uh, directing all the high school musicals. I'll let you tell that part of it. Oh, yeah. I do do the high school musicals and the spring play. And then we had a class called uh, Advanced Performing Arts. And we had somewhere over 50 kids in it. And we would do two productions a year out of that group. So I did like four at the school and six at uh, the backstage. My God, was it fun. Like, what show do you want to do next, Bob? Well, I think I want to play this role. Okay, let's do that. And as long as he would build the set, usually it took all night. Mm -hmm. When he would build the set, I, you know, the really the sky's the limit. We could do anything. Mm. It's fun. It was fun. Cute little theater, ninety-eight seats. It's wow. a cute little. Uh, it was even a little proscenium theater. It wasn't even a black box. It was a proscenium theater, yeah. ninety-eight seats. Um, had had great great experiences there, and uh, during that tenure there, we got uh, uh, introduced and then became part of the Colorado Community Theater Coalition, and uh, became very active in that. Served on a as board members on that for years, for a long time. Years, yeah, and uh, took shows all over the state and, and country. And country, mm -hmm. uh, we actually went internationally with the show once to Dune, Switzerland. Ooh. Yeah. So, oh my God, was that fun? Yeah, oh, dear just Lord. just fun, wonderful times, and like all theater experiences, uh, the people you meet are what makes it worthwhile. You know, and just still some wonderful, wonderful lifelong friends that we met from there. So, and I remember when I was uh, planning to go on those theater junkets. I, the reason I did it, uh, the reason I got us involved is because I was tired of local people saying to us, that's the best thing I've ever seen. And what I wanted to say is you don't know shit because <laughs> things are a lot better. And I didn't want my cast to feel that there was nothing else to achieve. Mm -hmm. So it was good for them to go and then have an adjudicator talk to them. Yeah. And say, boy, you missed that part or whatever. And I think that experience helped us to grow as a group so yeah and then we got to go to tunes oh my god we took the complete works of oh, shakespeare yeah. the bridge yeah yeah that was oh a, my god a great and piece performed in a castle mm -hmm. what? crazy performed in a what got a 14th century 15th century castle right Why above the back that sounds like heaven yeah it was kind of heaven it yeah. was a theater 
that one was a theater festival. There were 16 companies and we were the only English speaking company. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we got to watch Mother Courage mm-hmm. in Ukrainian or something <laughs> at, outside in the middle of the middle of the square. Yeah, yeah it was so much fun. Yeah, and then there was a group from uh, Brazil. Mm-hmm. This girl was bare-breasted in the town square. In the middle of the day. In the middle of the day. Thought, well, I love that production. He loved it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love I loved it too. Um, I probably well, yeah. Both of yeah. <laughs> oh, God, hey, right. we need to we need to step back about uh, a, a few years and uh, tell you that right after we moved to uh, Summit County, mm-hmm. we brought into the world another little person that you know very well by the Missy. name of Melissa Moore. <laughs> oh, you mean Missy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that Missy Moore. Yeah. yeah, I know Missy Moore. She's pretty cool. Yes, so, she is. I see both of your daughters behind you. They're stalking us as we talk. Yes, yes they right. are. There. Yes. But uh, so she was a little theater brat from the word go. Oh my know? god, yeah. Both of them raised in the theater. That's right. Is that is that something that you wanted for them, or did they come to that naturally because they were around it so often? I think that's it. Yeah. 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 Well. I think I didn't have any other options. I mean, yeah. how much can you spend on babysitting? Mm-hmm. Very true. So you're going with me. You're going to sit in your little car seat in the aisle, and all the high school girls are going to coo and love you. Mm-hmm. And that's how it happened. Makes sense. Yeah. That's, a, that's what uh, happened to me every time I, uh, I would go visit my, my ex-stepdad in prison, but it was not high school girls <laughs> cooing after me. It was, it was, very, it was very interesting. Anyway, got a little real bad. And that's really a path I'm not going to go down. I'm not going to. Yeah, no, we probably shouldn't. Sam, Sam should really do a good job of dialing it back and just let you do the talking. That's, oh, no. that's what oh, no. No, actually, Sam, I, you know, I'm going to turn this around. I want to hear about your life. But <laughs> you want to hear about my life? Oh, no. Let's, uh, let's save that for after we turn off the recording devices. What do you that say? sounds good to me. Or after we've had three whiskeys. Oh, God. Yes, I'm, I'm already halfway through my first. That's right. Well, I had two before I even started. Well, that's good. Oh, you just should. To, just to work because you know how you know how afraid I am of things like this. Oh yeah. Uh, your your timid nature has always struck me because I would look at you and sometimes you'd be paralyzed in fear, but your ability to come out on stage and just be this gregarious—I don't know what the right word is for it—beacon um, of hope. Beacon of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna live with him. I'm gonna keep this recording. I think I might use that. <laughs> Please put it in your next bio. You can hope Bob Moore would like to thank you for supporting live theater. <laughs> he is a beacon of beacon of hope and built like a lighthouse. <laughs> oh my God. A brick hit house. I, we raised Missy and yeah. Matt in Summit County, and then Mandy went off to LA right after she graduated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as soon as Missy graduated, well, Bob and Missy went to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Wow. Missy missed her senior trip. Actually, I'm glad. Let's talk yeah. about drunk in Mexico, yeah. She missed that because she was doing an internship in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. 
So to replace that, Bob took her to take it away. Uh, we uh, went to New Zealand. Mandy was uh, touring New Zealand and Australia with a, uh, a dance convention that she was working with. And we met her in New Zealand and uh, mm -hmm. had a wonderful two weeks there, uh, just getting together and uh, enjoying it. And during that two weeks, Wendy was, Wendy's always held it against me. So, because she couldn't go, you know, because of school. Yeah. And uh, she just said, well, I'll show you, Bob. So she went and interviewed at another job in uh, Carbondale and oh. got it. And I called, me. I called and said, where you been, Wendy? I haven't talked to you for a while. She goes, well, we have to chat. <laughs> and uh, she said, I got offered this job in Carbondale. And my response was, when do we, when do we pack? He wins. He gets the yeah. husband thing right there. Yeah. No, yeah. no definitely. The, 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 that's a good response. Yeah. You've got the oh. New Zealand trip in the bag. You don't want to ruffle any yep. feathers coming home. You just say, yes, no. ma'am. And okay. then you do the packing and the driving, and we're good. <clears throat> so then Missy went off to college and moved over here. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't do, that's a long story we won't tell, but we didn't do theater for a while. Yes and no. I mean, Up in Aspen, I, yeah. I, I auditioned at uh, what was then known as Aspen Theater in the Park. Mm. Now they've uh, changed the name to Aspen Theater, but I, I did Theater Aspen. Uh, three, yeah, Theater Aspen. I did, uh, I think, three, sum uh, three summers worth of shows up there and a, a couple other uh, productions at small theaters, you know, in the in Garfield County area. But I really got kind of tied into. Uh, Lake Dillon Theater at that time. Yes. Which, when we lived in Breckenridge, uh, it had it had just kind of started, mm -hmm. and was uh, a little bit of a going concern when we left in '98. But uh, I uh, I ended up getting to know uh, uh, Chris Alleman and Josh Blanchard, the guys that run that theater. Amazing people. And became very very good friends with them, and uh, actually over the years since then have gone back and done a number of shows. I've probably done over 20 shows at Lake Dillon. Well, so. when you did your concert, mm -hmm. outside concert this summer, yeah. um, Chris said between Bob and Missy and I, we had done 58 productions there. It's like, you shouldn't mean really? Yeah. Yeah, That's so we've done a lot. I directed for them. And ben Mi and Missy's couple, done a lot of shows for and them. And Missy's done yeah. stuff too. So you know it. And we've now become, uh, uh, I don't know what I want to say. Old? Well, that. Well, yeah, yeah no. we're old. Yeah. Experience, more experience. But uh, Vintage. And, uh, a number of shows with Thunder River Theater Company mm -hmm. here in uh, uh, Carbondale. And actually, we're not in Carbondale anymore. Now we're in Glenwood Springs. But, yeah. uh, uh, but another uh, wonderful theater company. And uh, uh, Defiance Theater, we've done a couple of productions with them. Um, I don't know, it just, you know, the opportunities prior to this last year, mm -hmm. pandemic bullshit, you know, oh. just wonderful opportunities to do theater all over the state, you know, and I like to do that. And, you know, now here we are not even being able to get together in large yeah. groups. And uh, well, I miss it, Sam. Oh, oh, man, I miss it. You know, I had... Do you think Sam does? Yeah. Uh-huh. I've I got to say... When we, like, I'm, I'm saving a little, uh, a little sign off for the end of the podcast today. Yeah. I've had, I've had an interesting summer in spite of the pandemic. And 
I, I definitely missed theater in all of its trappings. There's a, there was a, there's a different sense of being in the space yeah. as opposed yeah. to being outside and doing stuff. Yeah, or or watching it live, you know. I mean, it's, it's, live. Or, I mean, I've even been very thankful for the opportunities to do it live on Zoom. But yeah. even that is, I mean, like you can That's see, it's a white wall. Or maybe I'll put something up in the background to like hide some things and look different. But it's not the same. Effective, no theater, effective theater is, you know, effective theater is is being part. It's the uh, whole thing. Being in the space with the people with. You know, watch either in the cast or watching the cast on stage. It's a, you know, it's it's an entire. It has to be experienced in its entirety, mm -hmm. otherwise something's missing. Yeah. You know, it's uh, that that's that's my approach to it. But there you have it. Well, that's 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 as philosophical as I'm going to get. So we um, were lucky a couple years. I want to say four times. I was maybe five for you to work with the group Aspen Community Theater. They yeah. do one show a year yeah. and they spend a gazillion dollars on it. And the first one I did, we did was the Wizard of Oz yeah. and their budget. I came from the backstage theater. I think we'd finally grown that budget to about 35,000. This show budget, a year, a year. year. Mm -hmm. this show budget was 125. Wow. <laughs> and that was 2000, I think. Yeah. You know, I met the guy who designed the pyrotechnics. I met the guy who loaded the pyrotechnics. And I met the guy who shot him off. It's like, really? In my little theater back in Breckenridge, I would have done all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you were talking about all the things that you've had to do. I mean, Bob working on sets. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, did you feel that as an, like, that it was incumbent upon you to be so versed in all the, the ways that a show is put on to to be a part of the community or is that something that you picked up as uh, the necessity arose oh yeah it was it was all based in uh, um <clears throat> how do I want to say it was all based in economics mm, the yeah. theater only had a certain amount of money to spend and you couldn't hire somebody to design the set you, and lord knows you couldn't hire somebody to build it either oh you so, wouldn't want somebody you know, to build it i yeah. trust bob it wouldn't fall over yeah. So, yeah. My my biggest pet peeve is when you when you go to, how do I say this? Do I have to say this um, politically correct? No. No, you don't have to. I hate experiencing shows that are produced on a limited budget, and it's obvious that they have a limited budget because mm -hmm. I think you can do, you can present good art, regardless of how much money is behind it. Yeah. I agree. So I really I really believe that. Mm. I agree. So. Yeah. When 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 a set falls over on a you know on somebody on stage, yeah, you know there are ways to get around that. You know, number one, either don't do that set, or invest in a sandbag. Yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah. Were you going to say something, Wendy? Uh, yeah, I was going to say the things that I really hate. I have so much trouble with are lousy choices. Mm -hmm. Why would you do Othello? If there's only one black person alive in this valley who is of the appropriate race, why would you do that? And oh, by the way, he couldn't act. So that was god awful. I just god awful. I really hate that. I, you know, where the director says, I have to do this show. I must. <laughs> I mean, he did the same guy. 
uh, did a production of King Lear, and Bob was fabulous. No, it wasn't King Lear. No, it was The Tempest. It was The Tempest. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I heard about that production. Yeah, yeah Bob was like the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, and, and by the way, that's uh, that's a bucket list for me. I'd love to do King Lear. Okay. Anybody, oh, right. anybody out there, you know, wants to produce that. Um, Colorado Theater Guild, you're going to have me on <laughs> this episode. Our boy Bob out there, King Lear, make yeah. it happen. I will be one of his lackeys. I can be a bannerman. That's fine. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But that's, the th that's my pet peeve. The other pet peeve I have is be accurate about what you put on stage. And a theater that shall remain unnamed. Uh, they did a production of a streetcar. Mm -hmm. Streetcar named Desire. Okay, and they had a cutaway into the kitchen. And on the stove, they had a Corningware coffee pot. Do you think I could watch that show? No. Corningware was not even invented <laughs> until like 30 years later. And do, there are lots of examples of that. Do you, do you want to hate me? I got, I got a story for you. What? Well, I, was, I, I was an AD and then eventually stage manager or house manager for and like ASM for the production of Moonlight and Magnolias um, at Vintage Theater, the old um, basically like one bedroom theater space on 17th in Pennsylvania. Oh, that one. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we were doing that, and, it, and it's you know great cast. We got we got Bob Leggett, we got um, Rob Kramer, um, Don DeVoe, and Kelly Uhlenhop crushing it. And I would come out every night and mess up the set at intermission, as you have to do. And yeah. I kept everything in a Chipotle paper sack. Not good. I would have noticed that. You would have noticed that. I would have. You also would have noticed that I left the Chipotle bag out there one night. <laughs> On the table with the Chipotle logo facing out to the audience. Uh huh. And, yeah. and, and, and Rob, bless his heart, he comes out and he's, and he's in this, like, you know, creation filled stupor, notices it, freaks out, and shoves it into a drawer. <laughs> like, ah! That's why Rob Kramer's amazing. But yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. The, the authenticity is key if you're going to be doing something. That is so period, you can't escape it. Anything. Yep. Yeah. You know, do it right or don't do it. Mm -hmm. What do you think leads to that? Is it just ego or lack of, I don't know, research? Yeah, it is that. A combination, uh, combination of both. I think the ego part <clears throat> comes in when a uh, director or producer says, I've always wanted to do this show. Yes. You know, and, uh, you know, I'm going to do it, you know, whether... I have the talent to do it or whether I have the resources behind it to do it, I'm going to do that. You know, we've experienced that a number of times, you know, there, unless you have the space and the, uh, the, the support behind doing a large Broadway musical, why would you choose to do a large Broadway musical if you don't have the funds to produce uh, number one, to pay for it, number two, yeah. to, have the talent that uh, is available to to make it come off correctly, or number three, um, have a space big enough yeah. to do it effectively. Why would you choose to do one? You know, you know, don't don't do Les Mis, you know, in the, in a, in the back of a trailer. You know, it just doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense to do that. Don't you know? do hairspray. Another one that really yeah. happened. Don't do hairspray if you have no one in a minority that lives within 
40 miles of you. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what that's about? Yeah. I thought it was. Well, well silly me. I mean, race is such a, it doesn't matter. We, we fixed racism. We fixed it. We it's fixed gone now. Chaos. Go I would, team. I yeah. sure as hell wish we would have. You know, and you know, nice. race is a non-issue for me. But, you know, I, you know, it really, you know, unless the show is specifically about that. Hairspray. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but. Absolutely. No, I totally get it. I, I, I diverge on the sarcastic bent because, mm -hmm. you know, you try, you try and placate and make people comfortable. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. If it's specific, do it. <laughs> or don't do it. Yeah. If you can't, or don't do the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Either you, you, you need to write the piece, yeah. or you don't do the show. Write a piece of your own. Don't take a playwright's work and and change it. You know, write yeah. it. Write it to your own. You know, absolutely. So. You got. I mean, there's there's a reason why we all get into this, and it's because we want to create something. And if we have got something, if we've got a rule, there's no reason to break it. Well, I don't think so. No. Wendy's going to talk for a little bit because my whiskey glass is dry. I'll be oh, right back. Dear Lord. <laughs> oh, okay. You should go definitely get a refill. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, Bob. Wendy. Yeah. yeah. So tell me something here. Yeah. You've predominantly been a director, yes? Yeah. I think I've been in about 50, 60 shows, but I've directed far more than that. What? What do you feel the difference are in hats for you in terms of when you're being a performer and when you're being a director? Like, what different things do you have to juggle? Do you find it difficult to shut off one voice when you're doing the other and vice versa? Uh, no, I, that's not ever been an issue when I'm acting. It's listen to the director. Mm. And I've been very lucky with the people who've directed me. Jennifer... What's Jennifer's last name from Cherry Creek? Yeah. Can't sorry, remember. I said her first name and not her last name. I'm sorry. Wonderful director. Um, Chris, wonderful director. Chris Solomon. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Solomon. Um, so I, I just turn off that. I, I always have the camera running, like, mm -hmm. what do I look like? And am I where I need to be? And all of that. But it's the director's show, not mine. Yeah. So. And director, directing, you need answers, or yeah. you would need at least to ask the right questions to get to an answer. Mm -hmm. And I remember so clearly, Sam, when we worked on Unmarried in America, the problem I had with that show was what to do with all the people who are on stage. And when I, and I don't know if it was before we did it at Vintage or when it was, but um, when I finally got the answer of put them up center and make them be an audience, make them be America watching what's going on, then it all opened up for me. Mm -hmm. Prior to it didn't, but whatever. I was just talking to Kristen today. She said, say hi to Sam. Well, hi, Kristen. That's really cool. Yeah. When, when you talk about the cameras always running, it, that that immediately put into my thought um do you block based off of set pictures like scene pictures or do you 
predominantly let it organically flow or do you do like what's your formula for blocking I guess? those people i am not an organic person i figure that i'll give you blocking yeah and then you memorize your lines and then i'll look at it and if it doesn't make sense to me i'll change it and i also try not to do that when i block a play it's like i'm watching it i'm watching a movie of it so mm. and i've seen again I've seen I've seen some plays productions where you can tell that they were organic. You can just know what happened in that rehearsal, mm -hmm. you know. And does it necessarily serve the play? No, to me, mm -hmm. it doesn't always serve the play. I mean, I think the play. I know the play is a work of literature, and you have a responsibility to design that so you can take an audience along on that i'm not making any sense but that's no, no that absolutely makes sense what do you what do you find is a telltale sign of an organically blocked play people crowding in corners yeah. really they're they're in corners it's like mm. what are you doing there i'd say the the biggest thing is the stage picture just doesn't look correct or you have some character, one of my favorite stories, I won't give this one a name either, uh, some character who is off on their own journey, saw a production of the Fantastics, the mute, who's supposed to be, and she was actually, was on a tricycle riding around the stage the entire show. What does that have to do with anything? Nothing. Uh, but I think that that was organic. I feel like my character, no, your character, go over there. <laughs> so, yeah, I can usually, I think I can usually tell. Well, I'm glad you didn't tell a story about me. That was really good. Which one? Well, I don't know. The one you bring up all the time. So, you know. <laughs> I don't know which one. You usually are pretty good. You're pretty good. I was actually, I was actually waiting for that story to be told, and then, and then you referenced the, the, the person that was female and gender and I was like, oh, I was gonna I was gonna jump in at the end. It's like, oh, thanks for blowing up the spot, Wendy. That's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought that the tricycle spoke volumes about my journey as a 37-year-old man living in a basement apartment. Might have in your brain. And I'm glad of that. Yeah. But the person in the second row is not gonna get it. Or the person in the fifth row turning into his the person that's at the theater with him going, do you understand what that's all about? I don't get, I don't, I don't get I don't that. Get do you get that? <laughs> and I think it's the director's job to say, this fits, this doesn't. That's what I think. There was a saying that we was uh, used by, uh, by Wendy and uh, a couple other people at, uh, uh, at board meetings at the Colorado theater, theater Community Coalition. And I think may have come out of an adjudicator's comment one time or another, but anything that happens on stage that quotation marks takes an audience member out of, out the, play, of the play, you know, shouldn't be in there. Yeah. Because if you're, if you're, if you stop watching and listening to what's going on stage, because you're trying to figure out what just happened on stage, something's wrong. Yeah. That, that, that so. particular decision yeah. was not correct. No. Where did you get that piece of knowledge again? Where do we think we got it? Yeah, I think it might have been an adjudicator at Probably. one of the uh, um, at one of the shows that we took to competition. 
with the Colorado Community Theater Coalition. Uh, the saying was, you know, uh, when you take an audience member out of the show, when you something happens that makes some, somebody lose lose the experience of being part of the production, uh, and they're going, "Whoa, you know, what did that mean?" Or "Whoa, where did that come from?" Or "Whoa, you know, why is that person wearing a red and white flag when this show has nothing to do with patriotism?" Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. You know, it's that, it's that kind of stuff. That's so. when you can see their process. And yep. you know, somebody walked in with the red and white flag and nobody said no. Mm. <laughs> All right, I'm a little pushy. I'll be quiet now. Mm. No, no, no. I, I mean, I think one of the things that I, I love about this specific, this specific moment in our conversation is, I mean, theater, when I got into theater, I was very much a letter of the law kind of person. I got into theater through college. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was something that was taught to me. Mm -hmm. And I've always been one of those people. It's like, okay, so then if it's being taught to me, then there's A, B, C, so on and so forth. And I follow those things and then I'm good. I got the answer right. You know, that's how I am about everything. It's I'm, I'm like that with women. I'm like that with, you know, driving to a location that I'm supposed to be at, it, there, there's a formula. And yeah. only as I've gotten older, have I kind of eased up on that a bit. Yeah. But, there, but, that's, but that's not to say there isn't some truth to what I learned before. There is absolutely a yes or no, right or wrong answer to a lot of questions that we put on and when we put on a show. And it's okay to be hard line about those things. Just yeah. like it's, I would, I would, I would ask you now. Do you find it's okay to explore things in the process and come to like, oh no, that works better than just being like, no, we're doing it this way. Oh no, I I think we've always done that. Yeah. I think we've always had. Uh, one of the nice things about being directed by this lovely woman next to me here is that she allows me as an actor to uh, find those moments and discuss them. And, and they might lead to a long drive home afterwards. You know, I, I certainly admit that. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I, I think if you're truly gonna have a collaborative experience with the theater piece that you're putting on, a lot of times it can't be black and white. To go back to what Wendy was saying, she's very good at visualizing the play up front and giving blocking. Mm -hmm. but she also said that that isn't necessarily cast in stone no. uh, so you put it on the stage you put it up there and if it doesn't work for me as an actor I have the freedom to say you know what we have to look at this a little bit harder or in, in, in a different way because it doesn't it doesn't work for me you know when I'm trying to do what's uh, been delineated to me as a character yeah. so you know I would say I don't know necessarily that we've always been really good with the hard and fast rule. We have a very strong outline or outline or a very strong uh, um, view of what it is that we want when we go into a play. But you know, to me, the some of the best parts about it is, is that creative experience of being able to change it if it needs to be changed. Mm. And we've had a couple of killer arguments. Oh yeah, we have. We had a we had a. And we're still married. 
Sure. <laughs> we had a big one in Freud's last session when we yeah. did it over in Carbondale. And I wanted Bob, it was in the round. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's important. And Bob had been sitting in this chair as Freud, um, agonizing over his prosthetic. And he took it out. I mean, a big climactic moment in the play. And I wanted him to stand up and turn around as he was taking that thing out. And he said, my character wouldn't do that. And I said, but your director says you need to. I wanted the yeah. whole audience to see that. And in, in a certain respect, I was right. He was also right. Mm. He was able to, to do it. Yeah. But that's a good example of something. Mm -hmm. Let's see, the, the, the knockout dragout fights between you two shows that you're both passionate about your work and about each other. Well, that's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, I mean, and I love that word passion. I do. It's a great word. <laughs> I mean, it covers it covers so many bases. Yes, it does. Yeah, it does. We're, we're passionate about whiskey. We're passionate about our craft. It means we care. We don't want to leave something to chance in those regards. Yeah. One of my whole uh, aspects of uh, when I think about my, my theater career and doing shows, uh, you know, with Wendy and for Wendy and all of those kind of things is the last thing I want to do is waste somebody's time. Oh my God. You know, if my passion doesn't come through, uh, you know, they haven't done my job, you know, and I would say it's time for me to, you know, to hang up the shoes as it were, you know, but, uh, well, one of our best family stories is a Mandy story. <laughs> oh, Bob, what are we to do with you? But it really speaks to this. As every parent along the way, we endured all the elementary school music programs oh, and middle school music. Oh. And so we went to one. Was she in eighth grade? Yeah, eighth grade, I believe. Eighth grade. And you tell it from there. Well, Mandy has always always been very focused on what she loves as far as dance and that kind of a thing. And in this particular show, first of all, I have to go back just a little bit and say that Wendy has a has a wonderful saying, which to me describes middle school girls oh. to a T, and that's that they are the cruelest animal on the face of the earth. Eighth grade girl. Yeah. So <laughs> because they are all about themselves. Yeah. All about themselves and how they appear to other people yeah. and you know uh, the old the old saying of uh, you know they're on a phone with one talking about another girl and uh, and saying well you know tomorrow you know we shouldn't talk to her let's not talk to let's her let's not talk to her because and know. at one point I picked up the phone and said I heard you and you're not going to talk like that on my phone hang up but so, anyway anyway back to the story Mandy yeah. was doing in a grade. in eighth grade doing a. Uh, uh, it was a, a class production of some kind and I'm choir. it was a, a choir was involved, but there was some staging involved and all of that kind of thing. And I was in the audience watching and she was up on stage when she wasn't, you know, in the spotlight performing, mm -hmm. making faces with other girls and screwing around. screwing around and just, you know, basically fucking off, you know, and, you know, and, and then she comes waltzing out after the show. <laughs> You know, on out, out in front of the theater, and uh, walk, you know, walks up to me in her little eighth grade way, and says, "Well, how'd you like that, Dad?" You know, and uh, one of the worst 
parenting moments in history. And I fully admit it. I think I ruined her for life. Yeah, but yeah. I just looked at her and I said, Mandy, don't you ever waste my time again. So, <laughs> that that's crazy. and I think, I think that's why my beautiful daughter, Mandy, is such an overachiever. <laughs> That's yes, right now. Cheerful. <laughs> oh my goodness! I my my uh, my gay dad uh, Richard. I did a show at in Colo at Colorado State it was the it was the only main stage show I ever did at Colorado State before I moved to Metro, and so I was in it and I was a big part of the show and I I thought I was crushing it, and about two years after we saw that show he finally told me what he thought of that piece and he was like i was initially concerned when you kept acting after that show oh my lord how's, how's that for a review i like that a lot <laughs> oh, that, that put me on notice big time i was like oh no Oh, God. I was so elaborate about it, especially that night. It was my mom's birthday, and I like that's why I got her the tickets. And I acted like I had forgotten her birthday all day. And then pre-show, I come out with this big bouquet of flowers, and I walk. I was allowed to enter, like talk to the audience. It was like a high school reunion, and everyone was there for the reunion. So I was like, "Here you go." <laughs> and, and so I embarrassed her, and then I did the show and embarrassed them. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, that was that was at least uh let's see here. 11, 12 years ago. Still at it. Can't still, get rid of me that easy. Yeah, you're still carrying that with you, aren't you? Oh, so. yeah. oh yeah. When I make him when I make him happy, when I make him proud, it's a it's a big it's a big feather in the cap for sure. And I can understand what Mandy is feeling there to an extent. Well, my Missy story, I have one. Oh, I love it. Let's do it. Some show I was directing her in, and she was just being a pill. A pill. <laughs> what? No. I don't like that. I don't want. And I said, okay, you go out that door and run around the building twice. And if you come back in, you're still in the show. And if you don't, just get in the car and drive home. And that was the end of that. She around <laughs> and came back in. Groveling. That's what I do with the kids at my middle school. You yep. outside? Go outside and run. I don't want to run. Well, then go back to class. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was easy. Yeah, fixed it, didn't I? Mm -hmm. I guess so. <laughs> Tell us what your job is. Oh, um, when when we are not in a uh, once-in-a-lifetime um, pandemic, we are um, a paraprofessional at uh, Kepner Beacon Middle School. I take care of, um, it's in the, off of federal Mississippi. Okay. Uh, a, a population's been hit hard by the pandemic in terms of just um, job loss and yeah. things of that nature. So a lot of a lot of our kids, and I mean, while we've kind of discovered over the course of the last eight months that um, universal broadband should be a right to all Americans, it's yeah. it's very clear that that should be the case here. I think we've got like we've had to we've gotten a, a nice donation of um hotspots to send out to kids but they only last for six months and then we've got to re-up and get another set of them to send to them again so that's a shame yeah i mean so i i, I get i get to i get i get a good dose of reality every every day every time i show up at the school yeah. well right. god bless you for doing it yes yeah.
I'm, I'm, I'm glad they like me enough to keep me around. I'm very thankful for that opportunity. It's one of the things that, I mean, that there are a lot of artists who have not been able to work during this time, that, that that has been their source of income and they've had to scramble to find ways to keep their roof over their head and not move. And some of them were not able to stop themselves from moving. And I've been very fortunate. I mean, the only reason why I had to move is because we were going back into teaching in person to an extent. Um, wow. They they put the kibosh on that um, two weeks ago, but I mean that's I've been very fortunate. Yeah. Well, we're gonna survive this, Sam. We oh, are. absolutely. I'll tell you what, I can hardly wait till I can get it a a nice facility with a whole bunch of people and experience that theater thing again. So yeah. it's gonna be. Yeah. Well, I, I lost two shows along the way, and that yeah. makes me very sad. Mm. I was going to do Into the Breaches mm. at Thunder River. It's a great little show. It's all women, mm. uh, and it's about World War II. It's really well. It's a nice piece. But because of this, <laughs> Thunder River closed down, and yeah. and then I got offered uh, uh, Becoming Dr. Ruth. Ooh. which is a solo show. And I even had the woman. I was working on her, oh, please do my show. And she kind of turned me down. But then I had, and I know you know, I had other things happen, so I had to back away from that. But I'm going to make it to 200, Sam. Yes, you are. Three more to go. Mm -hmm. Three more to go? Oh, man. I got to be there for the uh, all those. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, the invitation is open. You know that. So. You got you got space for me on the couch there, yeah? Oh yeah, of course, of course we, we do. do always. <laughs> um, before we get uh, before we get going here, I do want to ask, um, what what is one of those things that you miss right now about being an artist in terms of what's been taken away from us during the pandemic? Like that one thing that you're like, oh God, I love oh. this the most. Is it the backstage coffee, or is it something else? No, it's being there. It's being in that space, whether I'm an audience or a participant, to just be there and watch the joy on other people's faces. That's what I love. That's what I miss. Yeah. How about you? That's exactly the same thing. I mean, I, I, you know, I've never been a part of theater for the applause. I mean, that's always nice to get, but it's it's the... Uh, the experience of uh, uh, you know of doing the entire uh, the entire show from the you know from the casting through the rehearsal through the performance um, and being able to experience the entire thing with other with other people uh, you know I I I guess I would see myself as a pretty gregarious person you know and I like other people and when I have to self-quarantine or self-isolate myself even though you know i have my lovely partner here with lovely me. lovely beautiful breathtaking partner i miss i miss people sam you know i really do i miss people you know what i don't miss i'll go there yeah i don't miss any experience where uh other members of the cast or tech crew are being icky I I don't miss that at all. I just want to grab them and say, "This is never coming back again." Enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, enjoy. Really, it. you want to be such a jerk? Yeah. Not a lot of times, but it happens. I'm sure oh, you've 
you. Oh, yeah. I've sometimes been the jerk. Oh, Sam, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I, I will be the first. I've been, there were some dark times I was doing shows and, and I, and I, and I'd like to think since, since I came out of those dark times and being an actor, I, I, I've caught myself like, Oh, and I, I think I've made amends to, to the directors that I've been a, a pill to. Yeah. You know, one of, one of, one of them was like, I, I know you, you changed that after I told you not to. Oh yeah, I love that. He's very, very kind. He didn't. He didn't. Uh, he didn't fire me. You, know, you would have been well within his rights over something okay. over something silly that I got in my brain. That's like, no, I need this. I have to tell this story. Yeah, I've never been a jerk. I've just always been very honest. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Say about me, but sometimes I'm a jerk. No, you're not. Um, hey, don't be. I won't be anymore. I definitely will. I definitely will. I want that's. I, I, I think what one of the things that I'm hearing here, especially from that last tidbit, Wendy, is this um, perspective to put yourself like, okay, you want to be a jerk about this art with other people. Understand just how fragile it is. There you yeah. are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A favorite story again, unnamed. And after the costumer told him he had to shave his mustache and he refused. Oh, his beard. Oh, his beard. He refused. It's like, mm -hmm. wait a minute. Wait a minute. And the uh, artistic director said, is it in the contract? Well, it wasn't in the contract, you know, but it is now <laughs> at that theater. It's like, who do you think you are, really? Was really? it Bob? No. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll shave my beard at the way wave of a hand and yeah. the nice thing about it is it always grows back very quickly oh, and wider every time so <laughs> that is that is actually three days growth for those of you listening on your ipads or ipods or whatever people don't have ipods anymore on your cell phones the this is a day's growth for bob and it's about eight inches of thick white bushy beard it is soft like a pillow or baby's bottom and i'm and i'm not even auditioning for santa claus no know? he's not no, because that's because I don't have to. I am Santa Claus. You <laughs> You're just one of his helpers. Santa's busy in north the North Pole, right? That's right. He still he's, he does exist, right? The pandemic didn't get to him. I I hope we, if if we find out that it did, boy, what a letdown that's going to be. No, <laughs> absolutely. I think Missy just came home. Uh oh, I don't know. Hi, Missy. Uh, before we sign off, uh, what is that ghost light you'd like to leave on for the next generation? For me, it's it's very simple, Sam. Um, if you're going to um, make the commitment to get involved in uh, in theater, you know, make it from a place of love that you are doing this because it's something you love to do. And it's because you enjoy doing it. When it becomes a job, and uh, and you don't enjoy the art form, what's the point? Why are you? Yeah. Doing why it? are you doing it? So, you know, and you know, I, if I was to look back at the very beginning for me, I don't think that's really changed a lot. I did it because I really enjoy doing it.
mm-hmm. and all the other all the other things are just an add-on that uh, that make it more worthwhile. Of the people you meet, the the uh, the wonderful uh, literature and uh, the thought processes that uh, you're exposed to, the characters you get to create, that just adds to it. But if I didn't like doing it, I wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, that's, true. So, that's me. So, Wendy, I, I'm really the same in so many respects. Um, just go for it with your heart open and your head in it. Mm. Go for it. And everybody is not going to be as wonderful as you think they are, but they're going to have their own wonderful. And how about you get to know that? So, yeah. It's beautiful. Bob, Wendy, thank you so much for being with me today. We love you, Sam. We love you, Sam. (laughs) I love you too. I love you both very much. And I'm so glad to see you, see you doing well. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take a quick moment here and just kind of, uh, I I've been away from doing my podcast over the pot, over the pandemic. I've, I've been very fortunate. I've, I've had the opportunity to work on some shows, um, based off relationships I've created in the past. And, um, I'm a, I'm a company member of the Catamount, something that happened. Nice group. Thank you very much. They are. And, um, they were able to, you know, create an opportunity for some of us artists within that community. And I know that, um, that that put me in an enviable position for others, and I and I I just want to say that for all of my optimism that I've tried to to have during all this, there's been a voice in the back of my brain that's like you got to be respectful of the people that are out there that are still artists even though they're not performing that have had opportunities taken away from them by this and and are looking at a very bleak future because that there's not enough funds going around. I mean, if you've got the Senate sitting out from having a conversation about creating opportunities or should say um, a stimulus package for all Americans. Right. That's something that is also being kept from the arts districts all over this great nation. And um, well, we could be great again. We will be. We will be. But with that being said, um, artists at home um, listening to this, please keep, working as best you can find ways to keep your keep your instruments tight and sharp read scripts um reach out and do zoom plays i know they're not that fun they're not the real thing but it it, the very least it keeps the instrument sharp and if you've got connections with people that um have that love to donate and have money to burn please consider donating to theater companies around colorado and your home if it's out of state to, to make sure that there are places where we can get back on stage when we're done. I know that that is where some of my donation dollars are gonna go this, this Christmas. Um, and I just wanna let you know that I'm here for you. If you need anything, especially you, Bob and Wendy, let me know. I'm only a phone call or a Facebook message away. I love everybody. Dan, do the damn thing.